You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins, I'm Dave Griffiths. Appreciate you joining us as we have a uh, a cavalcade of topics today uh, on this podcast. Uh, the NFL Combine has been here and gone. We've got some stuff to break down there. Franchise tag deadline around the league. Uh, free agency begins next week. Players are being signed. There are certainly relevant topics of discussion around the AFC South, even if the Colts themselves haven't been all that active yet in signing, re-signing, cutting, keeping, leaving players that we expect to or could possibly happen. But all those are possibilities that we will break down in the next couple minutes. We do open, however, with uh, the first order of business being the Colts completing their coaching staff just this past week. Brian Mason is the Colts' newest special teams coordinator. Uh, He served for Notre Dame as special teams coordinator last season, has spent more than a decade as an assistant coach at the collegiate level, and uh, he's from Zionsville High School. Go Eagles! Uh, Returning back to central Indiana. Uh, So the entire uh, coaching staff is set. You can find the full list online, fox59.com. But uh, certainly a a new look list, chap. Uh, Not a whole lot of holdovers, but there are a couple sprinkled in there. Reggie Wayne's back. Gus Bradley's back. But of course, most of the defensive staff's back. Yes, there's going to be on offense, especially a a whole lot of of new faces for us to get to know. And we'll get into it maybe next week more because we'll talk to the coordinators. We're going to talk to Jim Bob Cooter and Brian Mason next week. But the thing that struck me about this, it's a lot of young guys on offense. In Brian Mason, this will be his first time he's dipped his toe in the NFL pool as a coordinator. That's a that's a pretty big jump. So uh, no question that they they were throwing a curve when uh, Bubba Ventrone went to Cleveland. But you know people move on. So we'll we'll see how this thing pans out. Titans roster news on Monday. It was reported that Tennessee is expected to release edge rusher Bud Dupree and could be looking for a trade for running back Derrick Henry as well, although there have been some conflicting reports on uh, Henry's availability, as you would expect when something like that leaks out, that a team is trying to trade its star player. No, 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 we're not. No, look over here. There's there's cool things going on over here instead. Pay no attention to that news. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Titans have already cut Taylor Lewan, uh, Robert Woods, and Randy Bullock this offseason. Uh, Joe, it, it appears that a, a new GM in Tennessee is making his presence felt. Yeah, this is the final year of Ryan Tannehill's deal, $35 million. It's very similar to um, Matt Ryan, so they would you know eat half of it in dead cap if they cut him. Uh, so he's expected to stay in Tennessee for at least one more year, but... Maybe a bit of a, a rebuild going on in Tennessee there. They they made some deep playoff runs with Henry as their offensive leader, A.J. Brown as their star receiver, which they traded away last year. And then Tannehill really had a couple career years there. But uh, it looks like Tennessee's heading towards a reboot. Chap, with with this Tennessee reboot coming along, that we, you got a chance to reshape the top of the AFC South now. Of course, Jacksonville is probably going to have their their own say about who who's the team to to beat here for the long term after their playoff run a year ago and their playoff win a year ago, in fact. But uh, but but Tennessee for for the success that they had for being a number one seed in the AFC South for making a run to the AFC Championship game, new GM comes in. And if he doesn't look what he sees, you're gone. That's that's the NFL. Like if if it's not attuned to his vision, 
then it's not just tweaking that's going to happen. It's going to be a whole lot of wholesale changes. So it looks like the, the, the Tennessee of the next five years is going to be a bit different than the Tennessee of the previous five years we've seen here in Indianapolis. Yeah, and what's going to be interesting is I, I would think that also means a change in the approach of how you build a team. You know, the, we could argue the Colts and the Titans have been built very similarly. You know, strong on the run game and you bring in a quarterback to sort of, I don't want to say manage, but to, to be just a guy, a guy and a strong defense. And would you say that Tennessee's philosophy failed? That's a good question. I don't know, uh, you know When you're the number one seed and, you, yeah. and you've made the playoffs, but you haven't gotten to the Super Bowl, that's got to be your objective. And obviously it's, it's a limited group that gets there. But looking back at how they've done it, if this is a complete rebuild, were they wrong in what they've done? And, and along the same way, have the Colts been wrong with how they've done it? Now the difference is Tennessee's had the quarterback. I've never been a Ryan Tannehill fan, but he's been pretty good. You know, I'll grudgingly say that. But the Colts, the blueprint, the similar blueprint they've had has been marred by the quarterback. So it's really interesting to consider, was Tennessee the last four or five years a failure? Or were they just pretty good and sometimes pretty good is good enough? I think you can make the case that they themselves created the failure when they traded A.J. Brown. What did that told you everything? <laughs> yeah. It told you, you know, the, the whole thing about the NFL is get really, really good players and keep them. They got a really, really good player, and, and then they had an awful receiver core. Well, duh. Yeah. Like, so, J- Joe, I think that maybe in today's NFL, you can build a team like Tennessee and the Colts have in recent years, and you can be successful. Tennessee proved that you can be successful, but, but, but you can't, you can't. Um, just stick so close to your philosophy, maybe in that sense. If you get a stud player like an AJ Brown, who's maybe off the beaten path of how you want to build a team specifically, if other teams have him, and, and especially at that position at wide receiver, at a big playmaking position that is Top becoming becoming more and more important in today's NFL. Like even if you want to be a a grinded out team and you want to rely on Derrick Henry and a strong defense, even if other teams value AJ Brown more than you, you can't trade away a player like AJ Brown. Yeah. I think a fair way to put it is it was successful in the short term. They kind of overachieved like Tannehill came in to back up Marcus Mariota and turned out to be better. Um, but y- you can't, you can stick with that philosophy, but Quarterbacks are going to outlast the running backs, and so are wide receivers. And Derrick Henry, I think he's going to be 29 this year. Um, I think his contract's roughly at least 15 million, 15 to 16 million, something like that. Um, so they're in a bad spot where you know the whole basis of their offense is now aging, um, and they chose to keep him instead of AJ Brown, and, and that's proving to be a mistake. The Jaguars have a fully reinstated Calvin Ridley on their roster now, who was uh, suspended by the NFL for all of 2022, excuse me, for sports gambling while he was a member of the Falcons. Uh, From what I recall, it wasn't gambling on the NFL. It was gambling somewhere else just via an app that he had on his phone, if if, if I remember correctly. I I thought he gambled on the Falcons to win a game. Did he? Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Um, can you look that up? Yeah, I'll look Because I really thought that he gambled on, like, Major League Baseball or something. Like, it wasn't even the NFL that he had bet on. 
Um, but but that that's actually pretty important to uh, discuss. But never, nevertheless, uh, you 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 cannot bet on the NFL when you are in the NFL. I don't care if it's legal in in the state. And I think it's just like I said. I thought it was gambling on somewhere else. And I I think the the rule yeah, is they gambled on football. Okay, never mind. That, that then yeah, you you certainly can't do that. Here's me shutting up. I thought it was a little bit. I thought it was not not as uh, not as bad as that but yeah you, you you can't do that even if you bet on your own team to win that is a uh, rather faux pas but um nevertheless he's a, he's a talented wide receiver and he's coming back to a jaguars offense that uh, showed a whole lot of promise last year and he, he he's only going to make them better you think chap uh because it, the the more uh, trevor lawrence develops the more weapons he has uh, the better that offense is going to be. And, hey, Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl champion coach already there that they have to, to kind of guide guide them forward. And uh, you, you add Calvin Ridley to that offense. It's just just another threat. that You can never have too many weapons Talk about on your a team offense. building it right. Yeah. Kind of the opposite of the Titans. Exactly. Play, playmakers. Yeah. Playmakers. Get some playmakers. Yeah, I was looking at Calvin Ridley in 2020 with Atlanta. 90 for 1374 and nine touchdowns. Had ten touchdowns as a this guy's a player. Well, in in his note that he released to everybody explaining everything, he said he did that season on a broken foot. Whew. So it, it, the league is about playmakers. We, we always joke, and it, it's funny. I ran, I was at a just a shout out to the Pacers. They did a great send off to David Benner yesterday. Just a great uh, highlights of his life and all this. But I ran into Jack Doyle's wife, uh, mother. It's crazy. She she either used to or still works for the Pacers. And it just brings me up to what we're talking about with playmakers. You need Jack Doyle's on your roster. You just do. But you can't have too many. And you got to have the players that make a difference. The T.Y.'s and the Jonathan Taylor's and, and those type of guys. And that's, that's what Jacksonville, I tell you, I'm one of those guys all along – through the last 10 years, you kept, well, this is Jacksonville's year. Well, show me. Mm-hmm. Because, no, I've, I've been there. I think I think they've got it right. I really do. And they're going to be the standard bearer for this division until somebody shows otherwise. We, we know, well, you know from all the years you've gone to that game in Jacksonville. Too many. And, until the Colts win down there, don't talk to me about, you know, that, that there's no such thing as places you can't play. So they, they they've got it right. They've got young players. They've got playmakers on both sides of the ball, but doggone it, they got the quarterback. And when you get the quarterback, and then you realize you've got him, and then you start bringing in people around him, you've got a offensive slash quarterback coach who has been to the Super Bowl, has won it. I like what they've done. And if if the Colts don't get it right, they're going to be smoking. Jaguars dust for a long time. The Jaguars have also uh, cut starting cornerback Shaquille Griffin. Uh, he's a pro bowler for before in his career. He signed a three-year deal in 2021, but a back injury ended his season last year after just five games. And the Jags are franchise tagging tight end Evan Engram, who had a very not very nice season uh, a year ago in Jacksonville in his first year there, moving over from New York. A career highs in catches, 73, 776 yards uh, up there in Jacksonville. So, uh, so that's kind of the... Um, he, he sort of had the Eric Ebron season. A little bit. Uh, Ebron's was, of course, uh, better than that. But, yeah, you're right. It was kind of a resurgent year. Like, he's Correct. a guy who's a, a hyper-athletic tight end who uh, who needed a change of scenery, uh, who needed to get out of New York, 
uh, and uh, Ebron's case needed to get out of Detroit, I believe it was. Like to have seen him sign here. Yeah, exactly. Because he didn't yeah, sign nice. him. Big contract, did he, in Jacksonville? I don't think so. I like doubt. A, it was Devin Funch's contract. It was like yeah. a one-year, $10 right. million prove-it right. deal. Well, there you go. And now he's got a franchise tag because they want to keep him there. But they couldn't uh, agree to anything long-term yet. So uh, other players who were franchise tagged across the NFL – uh, defensive lineman Darren Payne of the Commanders, Saquon Barkley running back for the Giants, uh, Josh Jacobs running back for the Raiders, running back Tony Pollard. A lot for, of running backs. There so. are. A lot, nobody wants to give running backs long-term contracts. You know, I was talking, <laughs> I was talking with somebody, and maybe it was on the radio the other day, and it would be the total worst thing the Colts could do. But imagine... Making and we making the guy making Jonathan Taylor play out the rookie deal, and then franchising him. Yep, and it would be totally the wrong thing to do. But doggone with running backs, we talked about teams getting players and keeping them or not keeping them. And and one of these days we'll have a really good podcast on Michael Pittman or Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. You finally get some really good young talent, and. The running back is he's Taylor's probably their best player on the roster. You could say certainly their best offensive player. I, I would well then you, you also have Quentin I, mean, you, and, I don't know who what, but he's one of your top two or three players. Yeah. And how much do you want to invest in him? That, that's why you're seeing these running backs. Teams teams say, yeah, I love the guy, but not for three years and. Forty-five, fifty million. That's because you see all these other contracts that have that have gone on with running backs. The Todd Gurley deal was was the last mammoth one, really, for running backs. You had Ezekiel Elliott get a big deal. He hasn't done like he's been fine since, but maybe not lived up to the the numbers of that deal. Devontae Freeman, if you go back there with Atlanta, got a big deal and then kind of fizzled after that. What was Nick Chubb's deal? Remember Nick Chubb's deal? It was about twelve million What's a year. What's franchise for three tag? Years? Is it ten million dollars? I think it's ten. 10 million. Yes, that's what you, that's. I mean, from a team's point of view, at, at the risk of really alienating a player, that's what you want to do. But it would be yeah. so wrong on so many levels for the Colts to do that. I don't think they'll do that. Three-year, $36 million for yeah. Nick Chubb. I think Jonathan Taylor, if you can get that deal done this summer, he's still only 24, so that means he'll play out the final year of a three-year extension at age 26. That's, yeah, if, if you can get that thing done great. from the Colts' point of view. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Jonathan Taylor. Well, and, and what will matter is how much what's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I think Taylor might take three for thirty-six if if it's fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed, thirty million guaranteed, whatever. It, it's all it's all about the guaranteed money, and, and we'll get to that. I was in, about to say in a few minutes. Speaking of guaranteed money, <laughs> yes, uh, the uh, the last player to uh, receive a franchise tag in the NFL is Lamar Jackson, quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that uh, that tag is the non-exclusive franchise tag. So it's a $32 million deal, basically, for one year with Lamar Jackson. But Exclusive was 40-something. 40, 40 45000000 million? The exclusive, yeah. exclusive number means he's yours. Like, and you're going to sign him, or he's going to not play. That's it. Or you don't sign him. Non-exclusive means Lamar Jackson can, this next week, as free agency begins, head out and talk to other teams and work other deals with them. And if he comes to an agreement, you go back to the Ravens with that agreement, and they either have to match it. Word for word, dollar for dollar. Word for word, dollar for dollar. Or Lamar Jackson goes to that other team, and that team sends two first-round picks 
back to the Baltimore Ravens. So Ravens wouldn't go off empty-handed, if that's the case. But the wide-ranging speculation is that Lamar Jackson wants a much higher fully guaranteed deal, very similar to what Deshaun Watson got in Cleveland, which was a fully guaranteed contract, the likes of which we have never seen before in the NFL with a quarterback. And for Lamar Jackson to ask for that, while the last two seasons, he has not finished the season because he has been hurt, because he runs around like a madman and is a tremendous runner, the likes of which we have rarely seen before in the NFL. Like, you compare him to Michael Vick. Like, that, that's, that's the level. He's a bigger Michael he's Vick. At. And, and he's elite, elite at that. If you forget, just go back to the Colts game two years ago. He was a good thrower in that game. Make, brought a, them pl- back. make a play. Every you, you, brought <laughs> that, you brought that up again. Because <laughs> I knew you were going to just say, make a play, make one stupid play. <laughs> it was like three touchdowns, three two-point conversions. It was at least two of both of those. Anyway, we don't need to, we don't need to dive into that. Let's don't pick that scab off. No, but, but boy, uh, the national reports indicate that several quarterback-needy teams are not going to pursue Jackson. That includes the Falcons, the Panthers, the uh, Washington Commanders, and Miami, who's uh, sticking with Tua Tungavailoa. Allegedly. Allegedly, exactly. You, you never believe anything anybody says at this point of view, this Pe- time of year. Pe- people lie now. And, and we were talking also that, like at the combine, all the stuff you hear, people lie. It's it's the misinformation season. Someone could go into the combine, or now, and tell you exactly what they're going to do. And, and you, I won't believe them. And don't believe them. Why would you? I don't, now you're not. So, so, and I did see one of the national writers said, you know, Atlanta said no, Washington no. Don't believe them. So it, it could still happen. And, and what 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 the Jackson thing, I, I was surprised with the non-exclusive because it tells you that Baltimore is willing to lose him. Yep. Because that's, that's I mean, the, the $13 million, the $45 million, that in quarterback, you know, that's what you pay for good. Like Daniel Jones just exactly, made forty. Exactly. So that it's just that they they believe that no other team is going to give. What was the latest or the offer that the Ravens gave him? Was it one hundred and thirty-five million guaranteed? Yeah, and I heard that was the previous summer. Right before he got hurt. Yeah. Again, before this past. So season. they had they had to simply believe that no other team is going to give him Deshaun Watson level guarantees and 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 obviously Jackson has gambled that someone will right so we'll see and I I I just think it's really strange that a team would have what is Jackson is he 26 is that what you said that they're willing to 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 risk losing him an NFL MVP at 26 years old right now I realize he's not done the playoff stuff and all that and Peyton Manning the first four or five years didn't do the playoff thing very well right so when you again, it's it's back to the old thing. When you get the guy, keep the guy. Well, they're willing to not keep the guy. And can you imagine? Yes, you get two first round picks, and they could be good picks or they could be crappy picks. The major reset a franchise, the Ravens will do if they lose their quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure they are willing to lose him. I think this might be. Just see Fine. What you can Let get the market else. decide yeah. what the contract's going to be. Right, and that's why a lot of teams don't like dealing with the, these these offer sheets. You're doing their work for 
Yeah, right. Now it may be it may be a contract that you really don't like if you're the Ravens, but okay. Yeah. It it shows you what the market is. Now, if somebody fully guarantees it, then I doubt they do because they've they've got to have. They're a lot like Chris Ballard. They're willing to pay, but to a point, and then generally they don't go past that point. So, it, it's still a game of chicken. And let's say worst case scenario that no one signs him and he comes back on the franchise tag, the the the, the cheaper franchise tag. Does he show up? I mean, you know, I don't know. This guy's this guy's shown that he. It's it's probably the, a, a really really good example of why you should not be your own agent. Yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. But this guy's also shown he's very principled, and I'm curious if if, if a stalemate or whatever happens, and does he play on the franchise tag for $32 million? Well, it's tough, too, because he doesn't have an agent. It's him and his mom working these deals. And so I think that's complicated a lot of things. And so Baltimore, you know, he doesn't have an agent to go back and go, hey, I've checked in around the league. Like this is the best. This is about the best we're gonna get. So I think Baltimore is going. Okay, you want to talk to other teams yourself? Go for it. And if you can get more than what we're offering, you will match it. We we should we should discuss his fit with the Colts because it would be we 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 just should do it because the Colts obviously have a opening. This is the blue zone. It is, it is indeed supposed to be a Colts blue zone podcast. We've talked a lot about uh, about other teams so far, but. There, there's no doubt he would look really good in, with a horseshoe on his helmet, and it would be a whole lot of fun watching him on that turf inside Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, probably running for his life with an offensive line that uh, is anything like the last uh, year and a half, two years. But why, why would this be a good idea? Why would this be a bad idea? I think you can make both points. To me, there's one side that I, I certainly lean toward, and I can get into that, but... Um, but but let's just begin with the 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 idea that Lamar Jackson could be a Colt. Why is that appealing? Why is it not appealing to you right now, Mike? As uh, as the current situation lies with him. Well, it's appealing because the cost is going to be what it's going to cost you to get one of these rookies, two first round draft picks. It's going to cost you to, to, to get one of these four guys in the draft. It's going to cost you your four to move up, and it's probably going to cost you a 2024 first round pick. So so, so draft compensation it's kind of a wash but then you're talking 200 and some million dollars to 250 million dollars with 70 percent of it guaranteed what would the team would the Colts do that I, maybe maybe now the fit wise he, he he's got that can you imagine Shane Steichen and what he would do with another you know Jalen Hurts type guy. I mean, he, th- th- these guys were very similar, and, and I think Hurts was a better passer. But were they similar? It would work, yes. It would work. Joe? It would work in the scheme. Uh, yeah. I, I, I question whether Chris Ballard wants to fork over that much money. And are the cor- Colts a quarterback away? I mean, I get a quarterback can take you a long ways, but I think there's still some holes on this team. I think skill position-wise – he'd have better weapons around him than he has in Baltimore the last couple of years. I mean, Pittman would be the best receiver he's had to throw into in years. Obviously, he has Andrews at tight end. He's a all-pro player, but in terms of wide receivers, that's the best one he's had since... Marquise I, uh, Brown. Marquise Brown, yeah. <clears throat> Who they traded. Who they traded away. And then, can you... 
Imagine defending an option with Lamar Jackson or Jonathan Taylor. One of them's going to keep the ball and take off on you. That'd be pretty nice. Um, I, I think it kind of goes back to the debate of how you build a team and all the success we've seen with teams building up on with a quarterback on a rookie contract. That's and, the other part. And so, if you if you stick with the draft, and yes, it's going to cost you two first round draft picks probably, but you get the guy for his rookie deal for four or five, four years, and then the fifth year gets to be crazy. But it gives you time to build your roster with yeah. that guy. And, and that that's why I lean toward the rookie, because, because this Colts roster is not just a quarterback away. I think we proved that. Last year, after the, uh, the implosion at the end of two years ago with the loss to Vegas, the loss to Jacksonville, and then just everything coming out of Colts headquarters seemed to be well, the quarterback was the problem. Let's get rid of him. And they then thought they were a quarterback away last year. And then you bring in Matt Ryan, and you think that, yeah. So it sort of expo- ex- exposed all of your flaws. Exactly. And there were many. Exactly. And, and those flaws still exist right now. So, so you're, you're not just a quarterback away. But, boy, a quarterback of that level. It certainly helps, man. It is it so tempting. It covers up stuff. It does. Yep. That, that's, why, that's why we need to talk about it. Exactly. I, 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 like, I would lean no. Because I would be deathly afraid to give that much guaranteed of a contract for that many years because to a guy the, who's been injured the last two years. Or, or the injury part. The injury part for the last two years. That's really what's scaring me right now. Quarterbacks get hurt. Running quarterbacks get hurt more. Yes. Like, when Cam Newton was done, he was done. Like, he At went like off age a cliff. 30. Off a cliff. And I know Lamar's a lot younger than that right you now. You could argue what, Andrew Luck in that, too. Yeah. If you don't protect your quarterback, they, they have a short... Mm-hmm. Shelf life. Like they can be done They're just just like that. Um, so that like so that just that just scares the heck out of me. I think if he hadn't been hurt the last two years and missed what was it between ten and fifteen games to close out the last two years, I would be much more inclined to be like, yes, let's actually explore this a little bit more. But to me, it's the injury history plus the combination of adding that much um, guaranteed money. In salary that cap. will limit you. What that and will the limits. guaranteed money will limit you with what you can do elsewhere. Right, exactly. And there's a lot to do elsewhere. There's a lot to do at, at key positions. That, that's what's you know. You're talking in you know left tackle. You're talking pass rusher. You're talking receiver. Mm-hmm. So long term cornerback. Right. <clears throat> Ravens have had a great offensive line, if I remember correctly. Over there, they've got uh, Staley's their left tackle. Yeah, he's been hurt on and off yeah. over the last few years, but yeah, they had Orlando too. Brown for a while right. and uh yeah, they got they got a good line over there. So, yeah. Um so that's fascinating. Like I, I really think you can make the argument both ways. And, and if the Colts like decide to go after him even though I say no, probably not, like I could get on board with it because I could talk you could talk myself into it. Really, yeah, you could talk yourself into Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That would be Cuz again, as well as again, it, you can't get past the guaranteed money that locks you in for four or five years, but but if he's the guy, I mean, if I mean, maybe Chris Ballard would rather go down swinging with Lamar Jackson instead of one of these rookie guys. I've talked myself into Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan, in back to back years. I can talk myself into Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong. other thing that I think a part of it too, though, is look at the past few years in terms of quarterback trades, like the Russell Wilson disaster. Uh, do teams think they can just drop a quarterback into a brand new atmosphere when there's so many moving parts to playing that position and have sudden success? Well, it worked for Tom Brady in Tampa. Will, will uh, it work? Will it work for the Jets 
and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, maybe, perhaps. Looks like it's headed that way. Breaking news on here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Yeah, I, it's just there's so many more examples of quarterbacks change, supposedly good quarterbacks changing teams and not playing up to the expectations than there are the Tom Brady's. So oh. I think that factors in a little bit as well. Well, speaking of quarterbacks and their contracts, Derek Carr has signed with the New Orleans Saints four years, $150 million, $100 million, excuse me, if that is guaranteed. Geno Smith re-signs with Seattle, three years, $105 million, $40 million is guaranteed. Uh, and Daniel Jones re-signing with the Giants, four years, Say $195 million. Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones re-signing with the Giants. The Giants decided not to give him that fifth-year option. And now they're on the hook for uh, like forty million dollars a year, basically ninety-four million guaranteed. Another name to mention in how the quarterback situation can almost paralyze you: Kyler Murray, five years, two hundred and thirty million, one hundred and sixty million guaranteed, because you almost had to do it last year. Yep, had you to. You had to do it. Had to. And and to me, that's that's where the the Giants were with. Uh, Daniel Jones now is not that level, but when you get the guy, it's easy. It's easy to say no. We're going to go somewhere else. Well, where do you go for somewhere else? The Colts have tried that for four or five years. Mm-hmm. It's tough to go somewhere else, especially the Giants. They pick like in the twenties. Yeah, so that's what the, that's the problem the Colts have had. Yeah. before. What does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at hancockregional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. Need new windows? Contact your hometown team today. Hometown Window and Doors are Central Indiana's premier, locally-owned, full-service Anderson window dealer with master installers. From design to installation, the hometown team handles it all. They carry unlimited options with competitive pricing. Call them direct to get 25% off your windows if you call within the next 60 days. Hometown Window and Door- Windows and Doors gives you all the perks of a national brand with a hometown feel. Visit them at hometownwindowteam.com today. Let's recap the combine here in Indianapolis. Some impressive numbers, some better than expected numbers, and uh, all four quarterbacks, the main guys, doing what they wanted to do, I think, putting on a show. And for Bryce Young's standpoint, we knew he was going to be short, 5'10 and an eighth. I did not think he was going to top 200 pounds. He's at 204 pounds. I thought that was a great number for him to Must come in. visited St. Elmo's. I was say, he's yeah, right? probably spent about three days at White Castle. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, if that's the case, you get over 200 pounds, then you should. So his pro day, he'll, be, he'll still be 5'10 and an eighth. He'll be 195. Right. Right back down. Yeah, I, I thought that was a win. If he can stay around 200, I, I'm fine with that. I thought he kind of, with that, cemented himself as probably the number one quarterback. Yep, I think so, too. Uh, that's at least how I felt. We'll see uh, We'll see him throw at his pro day. Um, he only had one pass batted down at the line of scrimmage per ESPN's Matt Miller this past year in spite of being 5'10". But, uh, and Al- an eighth. And an eighth. Excuse me. Can't, got, got to include that eighth Game in there. Game of eighths. But, yeah, so, so we'll see how he looks then. I, I doubt that he looks bad because everyone at their pro day looks good. <laughs> that's, just how, that's just how it is. 
don't know, unless you have like the stomach flu or something. Like ev- everyone at their pro day looks looks good. It's because a matter you, of because you've choreographed it exactly. Yeah, you've you've planned it out to make them look good. Your receivers, your your it's it's your show. So Bryce Bryce Young's probably gonna have a good pro day. I would not be surprised if he's the number one pick because uh, like he's Kyler Murray size now, uh, just about the same. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is like 230, isn't he? He's yeah. a, he, he's a big dude. He's a unit. Yeah, he's a he's, he's a chunk. In the wa- wagon. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Anthony Richardson. Talk about a wagon. 6'4", 244 pounds. Ran a 40 yard dash in 4.43 seconds. The best among quarterbacks at this combine. Uh, his vertical and broad jump are both combine records for the quarterback. And according to Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network, Joe, Richardson is now in play for the first pick. You go out and you put a show like that on, the, the, the numbers, the measurables are out of this world. So he's going he's gonna to intrigue somebody. There's no doubt about that. He's intrigued me. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's kind of been my Joe boy Hawkins. for a while. Yeah. He scares the bejesus out exactly. of Exactly. He's <laughs> he going to intrigue some people and scare others. That's it right there. This if, is the juxtaposition you, between you if, two. If you're Chris Ballard, are you betting your job on this? This will define your career in Indy as a GM. Are you going to go with Richardson or one of these guys that, I hate to use the word safer, but that are safer? I think the safest will probably be C.J. Stroud, who the way he threw the ball at the combine, I mean, most people went ahead and before the combine came to the conclusion that Stroud was the best pure passer in this draft, especially the best pure pocket passer. And he showed the part of the combine. I think he's the most accurate quarterback in this draft. 15, 20 years ago, he would have been easily the first pick. Uh, he's got the size. He's got the accuracy from the pocket. The biggest question is, can he create? Uh, got to work on the footwork a little bit. I've heard some complaints about he stays locked on to this first receiver a little too long. Well, when you have Marvin Harrison Jr., I probably would too. I would lock on to him too, yeah. Yeah. So um, so I, I would honestly be happy with any of those three guys I would be ecstatic about because I think they all have the traits to be very successful. The safest, though, is Stroud or Young. Um, I think the Stroud has maybe not as much upside but a higher floor than some of these other guys. Why are you hating on Will Levis, Joe? Just, what does he do best in this class? What is one thing that he does better than, like, you that, can't... That's, I think that's really hard when Anthony Richardson's in this class, yeah. too. Yeah, so take like Anthony his... Richardson. If you're going on upside in athleticism, Richardson's your guy. Wasn't he a 58% passer in college? Yeah, exactly. 53. Richardson? 58. Yeah, it was yeah. like 53. 53. 53. I'm oh, trying to get my numbers yeah. transposed. Yeah. That's, that's tough. That's tough. Because in the NFL, you've got to be 64, 65, and because and, it's so much about efficiency. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm not – necessarily advocating for Richardson over Stroud or Young. I certainly am over Levis because, I mean, the way I see it, Richardson's floor is what we saw from Justin Fields this past year, where he just runs all over the place, um, still got some work to do passing the ball, but they averaged like 25 points a game. That'd be that'd be great for the Colts, yeah. yeah. 25 <laughs> points a game sounds fantastic. And, and who's got the first pick in the draft? Chicago, Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah. So all that twenty-five points a game and running all over people with your quarterback didn't amount to all that much. Uh, I'd, I'd say the Colts have a much better defense than the Chicago Bears do. Yeah, yeah. Traded everybody This is why the more we talk about this, and this is being talked about everywhere, and with the Colts sitting at four, I I just can't see sitting there and taking what's left. If you if you like one of these guys, go get him, and Cause, then because I doubt that they view. Three guys, even 
at like well, any they, of those three I bet guys they've got two with. guys, and then yep. there's a gap, and then there's three, and then there's a gap to four. Yep, probably some. And I I don't know who who is in which which no, tiers I, there. And they're not going to tell that, us. As I've said before, if you hear somebody say, "I hear the cult," my, my cult source says this. It's BS. Mm-hmm. It's pure BS. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. I mean, I think the one guy they could get at four is probably Levis. And if that's their guy, I think they could just stay there at four. It's not the route it's I would go. It's always a risk. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well. Like, I'm just scared with Seattle back there. Maybe they can trade up. I'm scared with Vegas back there. I'm scared with Carolina, Carolina back there. You hear Carolina's right What if What if Frank Reich just swoops in front of the Colts and, and takes an all-pro quarterback for the next 10 years? Atlanta. How do you feel eight? about that? Yeah. Yikes almighty. Oh, my goodness. Well, part of it's going to depend on how far the Bears and, to a certain extent, the Cardinals, because I'm sure the third overall picks for sale as well, how far they, do they the want to move back? Chicago want to fall back to nine with yeah. Carolina. I mean, I, I, I would want to stay around the top five, five and or six. get yep. one of those elite defenders. Mm-hmm. And, That'd be uh, nice. Yeah. And what was it Ryan Poles said? He said that he thinks that there's seven guys that – or worthy of the number one blue, pick? Blue chip players. Yeah, seven guys. So whether s- that's true or not, who knows? He also said that when he was talking to Peter King, that from he, he talked, was it three teams, without being specific, and he came away believing that he could flip, flip picks and get a 24 and a 25 one. Mm-hmm. I mean. Sure. Now that, that very much likely is, is the, the Bears pumping up the market. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, I just, I mean. Why else would you talk? Right, right, right. So. Like I said, they're, they're like teenagers. If their lips are moving, they're lying. Well, and if you're the Colts, you know, I, I think the Colts, they can't compete with Houston in terms of draft picks. Um, it, it, I think it, a lot of it might come down to how willing are the Bears to take players uh, in lieu of draft picks. Maybe the Colts give up a four this year, a one next year, and Buckner, who I would think is worth a first-round pick still. Mm-hmm. Um, Unite Buckner back with Eberflus, who was so – that three technique so crucial. Buckner's going to be 29 next week. Um, I'm not sure he fits with the Colts' new timeline. Two years left on his deal, about $20 million each. Free up that cap space. Keep your offense intact. Save a first-round pick. I mean, if the Bears are willing to do that, and then throw in Kenny Moore, yeah. too. Yeah. Everything you said is, is completely accurate, so I'll start with that, but it would also just hurt to, to let go of Buckner because you, you want some vet, some veterans on your team, don't, right, Mike? As much as you want to build up the offense, right? don't totally gut the defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, Hendon Hooker as well, 6'3", uh, 217 pounds at the Combine, received some positive, meso- positive medical reports on his ACL injury per Ian Rappaport. Uh, on track to be ready for the season opener, allegedly, after he tore his ACL there in November. He's having a tremendous year uh, at Tennessee before uh, going away with that uh, with that injury. So uh, another quarterback that... He seems like a perfect guy for a team like Seattle who just re-signed Geno. They yep. can maybe get him in the second round and yep. let him sit for a year or two. Mm-hmm. That would be great. If you're Seattle, that's maybe the perfect scenario. You don't have to trade up. You don't have to get rid of future capital. You get this guy and you see if he works. If he doesn't work, then you reassess in three years be behind Gino. So what, whatever, that's that seems like the safe thing to do. So they're in a good spot if they can make that work. Um, let's see. Other takeaways that Joe has from the combine, what what did you see out there that, uh, that made you turn your head, perhaps? I mean, it was already expected to be a good defensive, you know, edge rusher and cornerback class, and they 
lived up to expectations at the combine length, athleticism. Um, you know, if the Colts are able to keep a second or even third round pick, there's going to be talented players at that position available, which I think are still positions of need for Indianapolis. Yeah, and um, it certainly depends on what you do with edge rusher and cornerback and free agency. But yeah, so right now it appears that they're going to need something, whether it's one or the other or both. Yeah, and then a wide receiver, you know, another area of need with Paris Campbell uh, contract expiring. Um, there's a lot of smaller wide receivers in this draft. A lot of guys under 185, uh, some of them under 170. Um, but Not the Chris Ballard mold for a wide Chris receiver. Chris Ballard mold, but you already got two big guys. Let's get a look. Let's get, get a point old, guard. Get your little there. Ty guy. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, he seemed to work. Catch guy seemed to work pretty well here for for a couple of years there. Uh, and uh, he'll in, be on the market again. He will be. Yes, after his short stint in Dallas last year. Need new windows? Let the hometown team help. Hometown Windows and Doors is Central Indiana's premier locally owned full-service Anderson dealer with master installers. From design to installation, we handle it all, carrying nationally known brands like Anderson with more options and competitive pricing. Call us direct and get 25% off your windows if you buy within the next 60 days. Please contact your hometown team today. We are Central Indiana's premier locally owned full-service Anderson dealer. National brand, hometown feel. The story of Hancock Health is all about you and everything you need to live your healthiest life. Like Hancock Regional, one of the nation's safest hospitals, and an independent health network with over 70 doctors at more than 30 locations around East Central Indiana. We're growing and evolving to help further your story. And we're just getting started. See all the ways Hancock Health and you can work together to make health possible at HancockHealth.org. When we look at free agency, officially begins on Wednesday, March 15th at 4 p.m. So a heck of a week coming next week for sports fans between free agency and then also the uh, uh, NCAA tournament uh, kicking off or tipping off, as the case may be, on, uh, First on game's Thursday. On well, with the play-in oh, games, the play. it's Tuesday or I Wednesday, whatever. Games. Yeah, I, I hate playing games. I know you do, yeah. So I think it's Tuesday is the first technical games. And then, Dayton? Yeah. Dayton loves them. They're fantastic out there. How'd Dayton get that? They Good do a great job. Oh, they do. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's why. Like, and, and we talked about this last week, just like kind of the Colts or Indianapolis doing the combine. Like, why would you change it if it gets screwed up? Well, there's money here and there. We, we, we don't need to get into that again. Right. If you have interest, right. go check out our previous podcast. You can subscribe, get us delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as we drop. You can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week. But the biggest news throughout next week will certainly be free agency. The legal tampering period begins on Monday, so that's when teams could talk to these free agents and maybe start to work out deals, even though you can't officially sign them. Until uh, until later there on Wednesday, they will work out deals Monday and Tuesday that are unofficially official. Exactly, there always be one or two players who backs out by Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Usually there is. You're right. So th- those deals aren't always uh, lockstep, set in stone. But right now the Colts have about twelve point seven million dollars in cap space, which is right in the middle of the uh, of the league per spot rack, um, and they could save a whole lot more. We anticipate that they would save $17 million when they cut Matt Ryan, if they cut Matt Ryan. I, I don't know why. cut Matt Ryan. Exactly. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet, but uh, he, he's still on the roster for whatever reason. But that'll free up $17.2 million. And uh, that alone, as Joe uh, points out here in our rundown, gets the Colts to the seventh most top ten in the NFL in terms of cap space. Cap space, cap space. 
do something with the cap space. That'd be nice, too. Um, you can save $8 million if you cut Kenny Moore. You can save $10 million if he cut Stephon Gilmore, though he had a tremendous year last year. I, I, would, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but I would love to I, see I, him back. But you can, just pointing out that you could true. do that. You could save almost $8 million if you cut Ryan Kelly. That's an intriguing it's, thought. Yeah, boy. Yeah. It's I, always easy to pull to, to to move on from someone. And, as, then, as you're, you say. and then your center going into the is Danny is Pinter. Danny Pinter. Yep. Who had a who was great filling in for Ryan Kelly two years ago, and then had a really disastrous last year trying to make it work at right guard uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, and it, he's like I, I really like Danny a lot. Like I love talking to him. He's a good dude. But, but, but th- this would be. Similar to what they did last year at left tackle and right guard. Exactly. That was exactly what I was going to say. Like, you're, you're just going into the season again with, with well, I hope this works. And it kind of showed me before that it might work. Uh, and then what's your backup plan if it doesn't work? Uh, you, would need, you would need to make a whole slew of moves uh, for me to be comfortable releasing Ryan Kelly and saying Danny, yeah. Danny Pinter's my starting center. And we broke next that year. down a few episodes ago on our offensive line yep. podcast about how they would take, it'd be about, Four and a half or so, and at least four million to five million in dead cap. Yep. And then to sign a new center, it's gonna who's decent, it's gonna cost like at cost least four or five million dollars at least. And then you're getting close to Ryan Kelly money again. Right. You're you're right back where you started. But at that but point. you hope you're getting a better. You would hope you're getting. You hope you're you're upgrading at the position. Right. With the if money. You, if you believe it's an upgrade, correct. Then yes. you do it. Yeah. The uh, Colts' top needs this year: quarterback, obviously, wide receiver, still there, offensive tackle, still there. Defensive end still there. That's just a repeat of the past uh, four years. Joe just copies over Which the podcast. Which is the problem. Which is yeah, the problem. Exactly. Uh, also, you can add right guard in there, cornerback perhaps. It certainly depends on what they decide to do with Kenny Moore and Stephon Gilmore. But you could also use some more depth at that position as well. Uh, top quarterbacks in free agency. A um, whole, whole lot of names that Joe has listed here. Uh, some guys that were free agents last year as well, like Marcus Mariota uh, in Atlanta. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater in Miami, Baker Mayfield with the Rams. Um, Jacoby Brissett, bring him back. PFF ranks him the 34th ranked uh, free agent in this class, chap. One of these guys is going to be here. You think so? Well, somebody's going to be here. Gardner Minshew with uh, Shane Steichen last year. I like Philadelphia. that. I like, I like that. A little magic. Yeah, I like it too. You know, as long as he understands what he's coming here for. Right. And, he- and I think he would. I don't think that he would have any idea that he was going to be the long-term quarterback of Indiana of the Indianapolis Colts. And if he, no, actually, I was going to say if he beats out the rookie quarterback, great. No, that probably meant something went wrong. If, that, that, if, wouldn't, that wouldn't be a good. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be a good thing. Right. No, it but no, but that's a, there will be a veteran quarterback here next year. There, there simply mm-hmm. has to be. Right, and there's some there's some names here that you say, well, they could probably start the season if it's someone like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, I Teddy like Bridgewater. But there are yeah. some other guys you would bring in just to be a veteran backup. You, you would you want want Heineke to start and to have your uh, your rookie quarterback kind of sitting behind him? Would you be comfortable with that? Yeah, signing him like I, that. Everything I've heard, he's been a great character guy, very good leader, and in terms of a starter, he's about five hundred at Washington. Yeah. So you know, yeah. Yes. Mariota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we talk, I, I I know you're kind of shrugging, but that that's what you're going to get. Yeah, for the most part, and he's got some mobility, which leads him to getting hurt. Speaking of Garoppolo, I mean, we can check that off. He's going to cost at least twenty-five million. Right. I don't think the Colts are going to want to do that while already paying Matt Ryan eighteen million in dead cap. Have you guys seen the reports that Houston is like really going to pursue Garoppolo hard? I don't know what that means. If I try and speculate, I'm just 
thinking maybe the quarterback they're going to draft might not quite be ready to play right away. Maybe Houston's looking for Anthony Richardson there. Maybe. Top of the draft. Maybe. See if he can uh, work behind. This is a cool period. You, you, just, you can just throw stuff against the wall. Joe loves yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. It's he speculation time. It's your your walls at home must be just trashed <laughs> uh-huh. from all the stuff you throw against them to see if they stick. Yeah, my wife hates me. It's like uh, Charlie from Always Sunny with the whole uh, like wall of <laughs> yeah, connections. Pepe exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, so let, let's move on to wide receivers. This is a weak year for, for wide receivers. In the draft, too. And in the draft, it's not as good as it has been in, in years past. At least that's the, the general consensus. But, I, I mean, you go back to a discussion we had earlier on this podcast. There's always an A.J. Brown out there if a team is uh, stupid enough to trade somebody. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, there you go, right there. there that's the name right now. Yeah, DeAndre good Hopkins. receivers don't hit free agency anymore. They get traded. Yep, yep. So... So you look at the, the names like Jacoby Myers as he's, the top-ranked receiver, according to Pro Football Focus, in free agency. He's this year's Christian Kirk. He's, he's going to get paid. $75 million for Jacoby Myers somehow, and then we all think it's terrible. And then you get to the end of the season, you're like, actually, Jacoby Myers. <laughs> so uh, who, who knows exactly what's going to happen. But Juju Smith-Schuster, Odell Beckham Jr., DJ Chark's on here, Alan Lazard, Paris Campbell uh, up here in the uh, top he's, six. He's the sixth-rated free agent receiver. How about that? And he's had one healthy season in the league. Wasn't even that dynamic last year. Like, I like Paris, they but wasn't, re- wasn't they need that re- dynamic. They need to resign him. They, you think so? Yeah. I think that's a need. Need yeah. to. Need to need resign to. him. Well, they need receivers. That's for darn sure. Um, let's see here. I wouldn't mind if they can't get Campbell, maybe McCole Hardman. I mm-hmm. think they need someone with speed and catch and run ability. Yep. That'd be great. So you, you have your two monster guys. You have Pittman. You have Pierce. Uh, yeah, get someone who can attack the middle of the field and kind of open it up that way. That'd be great. Um, offensive tackles, Orlando Brown Jr. will not be going back to Kansas City. little surprise. I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We'd be surprised if that happened. That has happened. So no... At least not on the franchise tag. Exactly, no franchise tag. Maybe he gets re-signed by them eventually. But uh, So he's he's a pretty darn good player. Mike McGlinchey's a right, t- right guard, or right tackle, really, uh, over for San Francisco, or at least he has been years past. Juwan Taylor was, too, with Jacksonville. Uh, a couple good right tackles in this list. They're guys who have been successful at right tackle in the past. You go down, you see Taylor Lewan from Tennessee. Um, I think he wants to start if he comes back. Yeah, exactly. So that's why. Like, Colts for, are looking Colts. for a swing tackle. Yes, exactly. They're they're not looking for. Um, but 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 should they should be look they be looking for someone to challenge Bernard Ryman a little bit more? Um, I don't know what Taylor Lewan's going to find in free agency. Maybe the Colts are the best option for him to, to be here and to be um, to, to challenge him for that. If the money's right, I wouldn't mind it. I, I wouldn't Take mind it either. He's been, he's been hurt a couple times. I don't know if he's going to necessarily get all that much success. But again, the Colts kind of tried to swing with uh, uh, an injured tackle two years ago with Eric Fisher, and that didn't work out so well. One so. guy who's newly available since we talked about offensive linemen, Donovan Smith, who's been the left tackle for several years with Tampa Bay, he was released He's now available. Um, didn't have his best year last year. Tons of penalties. But a guy who I think could very well challenge Ryman and if not be a pretty good swing tackle, you know, someone who's been starting for a long time, sir, all of a sudden being your backup's not a bad idea in my mind. You need something in Chap. I think you need competition on the offensive line most of all. If you're going to go in with uh, we're set here, like you can go in with an idea of what you want on your starting line. But if you go in with just – what it was last year when there's just no competition for for who's going to be out front, um, then, then that could spell trouble again, like it did last season. 
And that was so out of a character for these guys last year to do that because they, they've always harped on it. And go back when they brought Fisher in, they, they still had, who was it, uh, Sam Tevy and Julian Davenport? Uh, yeah. Maybe a third guy. Guys who were starting the year before. In right. The NFL. So, so they're, you know, they, it didn't pan out with those guys, but, but you thought that they might, and there was competition. Well, last right. year there was no competition. None. None. And that was just so unlike those guys. And I think that's maybe one thing they, and we talked to Chris Ballard, and he sort of said, yeah, we've got to have competition. And I, that Bernard Ryman needs competition, and you just hope like heck that he beats that guy out, and then the guy he beats out is your swing tackle. Guards right now on the free agent market, uh, Isaac Sayumalo from Philadelphia, former home to uh, Shane Steichen, newest coach of the... I have trouble spelling his name, so I'm not sure I'm in favor of yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're going to move on. How about Ben Powers? That's a little bit easier. I can spell now. that one. Yeah, we can, Nate we can, Davis. Yeah, Nate Davis. Perfect. All those things. Um, so there's, there's a couple names out there, a couple players that... Uh, have been starting in the NFL here in the top 100 list of pro football folks. You don't agents. think that they, they're not going to pay for a guard, though. They're not going to pay good money for a guard. I, I just don't think You think so. they would draft one? That's good money. No, no, I don't. That's a good question, Duke. No, I don't think they'll draft. I just think they're going to try to find, you know, the way they got Glowinski. Was that waivers? Back I think in the it was day? waivers, yeah, from Initially, Seattle or something. And then they resigned them. So yeah. I, I, think it's, I, I think that's a position because of everything else that, they're going to try to find another Glowinski type guy. Chris Reed was he was he was a trade, wasn't he? With Carolina, I think he might have been a signing. But okay, I'll, well, I'll but but it, but yeah. I, I just think that's the way you try to get the right guard. Now, I'm not just saying get a Joe Bag of Donuts type of guy, but get a guy that can play, but at a good price and make that again the, the spot that because of all the investments elsewhere, right guard sort of has to be the yeah. the cheaper guy yeah. along with left tackle because Ryman's on the rookie deal. I agree with that. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem spending up to maybe like seven million a year. Right, right. I wouldn't go double figures on it. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. But I do think that's the one position in free agency where they need to find a starter. Like we're talking about swing ta- backup tackles, um, maybe a rotational defensive end because you can't afford guards cheap enough. They can find a s- solid starting guard for maybe five to eight million a, a year. Right, I'm all for that. Some top defensive ends in this year's free agency. Marcus Davenport of New Orleans kind of tops the list up there. Jadavion Clowney as well. Every year. Every year. Jadavion Clowney up there. And he, he cashes in every year. He's going to retire, and you're going to say, whatever happened to him? Why didn't he ever max out what he could do? Now, like you said, contract-wise, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, you know, mm-hmm. financially. But in the business aspect of the you NFL. You just wonder why you never got more out of Clowney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He... he He's never been in this locker room, so I find it hard to judge, hard to answer that question. Yeah, but but it's a good question to ask. Um, Unique Ngakwe is on this list, and with Gus Bradley returning to Indianapolis. It increases the chance of him returning. Very much so. So he's been tremendous under Gus Bradley in his career, as we have spelled out on this podcast before. But what's it going to cost? Exactly. What's so it going to cost? It's all about fridge. But I think, like, you, you can say... How many sacks did he have last year? Eight and a half, nine and a half, nine and a half, nine and and a half sacks was. last year. Like you, you can you can whine all you want about the the timing of those sacks, and, they and we have, come with and the I most, have exactly. I, I I use that term lovingly. You can whine about it if, if if you want, but at the same time, 
What, when was the last time a Colts, like a, a guy that you wanted to keep, uh, had nine and a half sacks? Like, yeah, Justin Houston a couple years ago, then you let him go. Buckner a couple years Buckner ago. Buckner a couple years ago. You, yes, Buckner. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you love it. You, you love to have his sacks. But and if you don't, don't, bring... don't whine about the number of sacks, is my point. Like, he had nine and a half sacks. That's it's pretty not darn the good. sacks for whining about. Yeah, exactly. It's everything else. There's a reason he had nine and a half sacks, and he's still only the 61st ranked player on PFFs. Well, and, and, and the thing is, if you don't resign him, then, then who? I like. Uh, rotational guy here, Arden Key from Jacksonville. He's been a rotational pass rusher, 11 sacks over the past two seasons. Jacksonville and San Francisco, once highly touted uh, coming into the NFL. I think it was his second-round pick, and I think he'd go nicely with um, uh, Quiddy Pay and Dio out there, especially, you know, maybe it's third and long. You can slide Dio inside, get Arden Key, speed rusher. They need a speed guy mm-hmm. on the end for mm-hmm. third and long situations. Mm-hmm. I think Arden Key would fit that mold for Probably a lot cheaper than Yannick and You know, 11 sacks over the last two years is pretty good. It's not like 20 sacks that, that uh, or close to 20 sacks that, that Yannick and Gakwe's had over the past two years. I'm just, just saying. It's not, not, not yeah, quite that same level. It's more life than sacks, Dave. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Top cornerbacks in this year's free agency class, uh, Jamel Dean of Tampa Bay and James Bradbury of Philadelphia are uh, some of the cream of the crop up there. Um, and uh, Rock Yassin. On this list as well, he had a really good year, uh, he and he was he was traded away from Philly for um, for Unique and Gakway, In fact, uh, so uh, Lock Yassine uh, on this list as well. Uh, Patrick Peterson, how old is Patrick Peterson? Is he forty seven? But he's probably still faster than um, half uh, half the cornerbacks in the league. Uh, Jonathan Jones of New England, Marcus Peters of Baltimore. Uh, some these these are some pretty good some pretty good cornerbacks, Joe, in, in this class. It seems like there's a bunch of starters out there, people who have that starting experience and ability currently to uh, to probably be able to earn some money here in this free agency. Yeah, yeah, some some aging guys. Maybe the Colts can grab a Peterson or a um, Peters and play that zone Gus Bradley defense with them, the bump and run defense. Um, have Gilmore on the opposite side. Probably have the oldest cornerback tandem in the league. Might be, but um, you know, there's no. I don't think the Colts are going to swing for a long-term answer like Jamal Dean at cornerback right now. I think that's a position you look towards in the draft. So right now, you look at you got um, Stephon Gilmore on one side. If the Colts do bring him back, which we anticipate they do, he had a pretty darn good year last year. You would save ten million dollars, as we said earlier, if you cut him, but. Uh, then, then you need two corners. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. That would, that'd be the thing. You figure branded face on. Yeah. 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 So that's that's your other position out there. You've got Isaiah Rogers, obviously, who's here. You've got Dallas Flowers going into his second year, who got very very limited defensive snaps, but was pretty darn good special teams, really good returner. So he's he can run. He he can run fast. Uh, I'll say that for him. Um, and so. Uh, whoever it is, uh, it'll probably have us complaining that Isaiah Rogers is, is isn't playing more again. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully he's able to take that next step. Yeah, that'd but. be great. I'd love to see Isaiah Rogers take the next step. So if you bring in one of these guys who's more of a veteran, like a, a Murphy or a Peters, and uh, and Rogers beats him out, I think that's fantastic. Um, and we'll see what what Rogers can do more in a full time role there. You need three to four anyway. I was about to say if you let if you let Kenny Moore go, uh, if you cut you him, four. then you, you really, need four. I mean, you yeah, need four. Then you need and you need a slot. You need a slot corner in the NFL because there are dangerous slot receivers out there in the league, and you, and it is, it is a different skill. It just is like it's similar, but it is a different skill to be. That's a good why they slot need corner. some of these guys. Either they've got coming back to really step up, and you say maybe if they can re-sign a couple of their own. Then Gakwe's and Paris Campbell, then maybe you're more. Although Gakwe's going to cost you, 
what, 13? Yep. Minimum. Yep. Yeah. Minimum. So he's not going to take a pay cut. For, no, I think he got about thirteen last year. Right. I, yeah, I think they, they his last year with there was a last year of his contract was thirteen. So it, it's you're right. It's, uh, they, they've got some good pieces in place, but my goodness, they have some deficiencies mm-hmm. and some flaws that you've got to you've got to take care of. I mean, do you guys see it the same way that it's a foregone conclusion? Kenny Moore will not be playing with the Colts next Correct. year. I do. I mean, he's played well in a different scheme with this team, but. I mean, just give him back to Eberflus where he can thrive again. And for what he gave you on the field last year versus saving $8 million, uh, I think the Colts would take that $8 million all day. As much as the scheme was perfect when Flus was here for him, that, that's, he, just, he just took off. Guess it just wasn't, it wasn't the right scheme. Yeah. So Probably work out best for both sides. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which, and this isn't to diminish Kenny Moore at all. No. He had well, just a just a great career here, but there are times that the fit's just not right. That's going to be important throughout all these free agency decisions about fit and about scheme and who does Shane Steichen like in certain situations? Who does Gus Bradley like in certain situations? Don't you don't you hope that they really allow the coordinator to sort of, you know, l- let Gus sort of be the voice? Let Gus cook. Yeah, there you go. Ah, you like that? I do like that. (laughs) No, because I mean that defense was cooking for the first two thirds of the year last year, and then it flatly wore down. It got hurt and it wore down Mm -hmm. from carrying an awful offense. Defense is not my priority going into the off season. If I'm the Colts, I'm trying to build up as much as I can everything on that offense to give the whoever the new quarterback Mm -hmm. is the best chance of success. The chances are very good you're not going to be a playoff team next year. Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind chipping off a piece or two of that defense if it means you're going to either get the quarterback you want or better your offense. Mm-hmm. Lots of important decisions coming over the next week in free agency and then, of course, over the next month and a half when we finally get to the NFL draft. We'll cover it all for you right here. And they stay at four and take a defensive end. Oh, dear Lord, chap. Don't even uh, hey, speak Kenyon that Hooker into existence. in the second round. Yeah, right. Goodness gracious. Uh, Stetson Bennett in the fourth round. Your they would need now. extra security at West 56th Street if yeah. they don't take a quarterback, I, whomever it is. I think Jamarcy might attack Chris Ballard. Well, that that could, it could be <laughs> internal, couldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I need, yeah. From, That's from when they'll, they'll tell Jamarcy, why don't you go down and see what they got at the buffet, well, and we're going to really make this pick, and he'll slip in. He said that Alabama guy looks good. They thought he meant Will Anderson. <laughs> he never mentioned his name. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. It's a whole smoke smart, screen. Smart guy. Yeah, that Jimmy pulling the wool over our eyes. Right, before we go, if you had to bet right now, who are the Colts taking at quarterback? C.J. Stroud. Stroud. He's been a popular pick that I've seen in a lot of people right lately. Because I don't think they. I don't. I don't think they can get heart, to one. I don't think they can get to one. Yep, exactly. I don't. So they get to two or two, three. Two. Yeah. They trade Bears trade twice. They go to two and take Stroud. Boy, they'll get a boatload for that. But I, I think Houston goes to one. Mm-hmm. Colts go to two, and then Carolina goes to three. Yeah, I think that'd work out best for the Colts. I think if Houston stays at two and someone else, then they're fighting with someone else Carolina to get to number to one. one. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, somebody is somebody other than Houston or the Colts go to one. Colts are in trouble. Then exactly. they got to go to three. Then they got to go to three to get to get Anthony Richardson. Right. So quarterbacks are probably going to go one, two, three. Well, we'll see what happens. Hope you enjoyed listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. As I said earlier, download, subscribe, get us delivered to podcast listening device as soon as we drop, usually Wednesday or Thursday afternoons here in the offseason, which is not much of an offseason anyway. Always something to talk about here. For Mike Chappell, Joe Hopkins, I'm Dave Griffiths. Appreciate you listening. See you next week.